This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Just starting to believe a little bit. Well, Hoylet's got the better of Buxton. Puts it into an area. Keo Zamora! Unbelievable! From the very brink of elimination, Bobby Zamora has surely scored another playoff winner. Hello and welcome to another episode of the W12 podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We're on episode 14. Um, We've got the, the two normal faces on here. Duncan, how are you, mate? I'm all good, mate. You all right? Good yeah. week? Yes, very good. Very good. Bradley, how are you, mate? Thanks for fitting us in again. Yeah, I'm all right, boys. Good to see you all again. Yeah, it's um, been a slow week, but, you know, just looking forward to commentary now. One more day at work. I know, mate. Oh, it's, that's, I reckon that's why this week feels like it's dragging a little bit, because of commentary. And we've got Jack Hattrick on the pod. How are you, mate? Yeah, very well. Cheers for having us back on. Look forward to getting into it. Good. We're looking forward to some more stats as ever. Um, COVID restrictions, they've been, um, well, they've been moved back to um, plan A, is it? Is that right? Is it no restrictions, isn't it? Yeah. Is it no yeah. restrictions, is it? Yeah, from yeah. the 27th, it's nothing. It's not like it's all lifted. That's good. Does that mean that, does that, mean that at football there's literally nothing? So like, yeah. No masks, no passes, nothing. Just back to how it used to be. I was thinking about that on Saturday. When we go on Saturday, do we still need to provide anything? But I guess the answer, is the answer still yes or no? Yeah, because it's not until next week. So you've got to do your pass, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. You'll need a COVID pass and you need a mask to get in. Like Whether you wear it when you're actually in the ground is different. But when you actually get through the turnstile, you'll need a mask. Yeah. We need to make sure we do that. So let's, let's kick, kick start then. West Brom away. West Brom at home. How how you both were there, weren't you, Duncan and Jack? Yeah. How was it? Um, well, for me, first half was a bit sluggish, a bit cagey. Um, I felt like both teams were worried about making that first mistake. And I think I think West Brom started better than we did in the first half, but I wouldn't say they were dominant in any way. It was just neither team was really overcommitting. Um, but I don't know what Warburton said at half time 
because for the first 10, 15 minutes in the second half, to be a different team. Uh, we were literally bombarding their goal. And then it wasn't until they brought um, Daryl DK on that the momentum kind of switched back again. But even then, like, we weren't, I didn't feel we were really threatened too much by them. And then obviously Austin goes and snatches a last minute winner. But I think it was thoroughly deserved in the end, on second half performance especially. Jack, what was your view, mate? Yeah, quite similar. I thought, I'm not a fan of the West Brom set, you know, I'm not a fan of them at the moment. I think the way they play is pretty dreadful. And that you could tell they came to QPR. It, it just, it was so boring watching them trying to do their, their stuff in the first half. And I think we negated it fairly well. Um, I think Dykes had a, a header, didn't he, at one point in the, in the first half. Didn't, that was a very poor first half in terms of entertainment. I didn't think either team really created much. But, as, you know, as mentioned, like, the second half, we were electric. I thought we were brilliant. The way we got into him, like, it's... I've noticed it a couple of times, the way Johansson is just going like a madman, pressing people from the front in the second half of games. I don't know whether he's told to sit back and then go into them. I'm not sure in the second half, but I thought all over the pitch, we were brilliant. It just, I think it shocked West Brom. And, you know, I think we thoroughly deserved the win. I know they had that, there was a, well, the ball go along the line. Marshall did yeah. it. It was very close there. How did that not go in? I've watched it loads of times. I just don't understand how that didn't go in. How did it not take a nick and go in? It was very, very lucky, very fortunate. I thought I feel feel like he missed it, but actually did him a favour that he missed it because if, if he had actually tried to, had saved it, then it would have gone in, wouldn't it? Yeah, because yeah. it took a, it took the reflection, didn't it? So they crossed mm-hmm. the ball, came in, and it took a nick, and I think that's what kind of wrong footed him. So he then kind of caught it in a weird angle, which then made it kind of the ball spin away from the goal. Yeah, it was it was a bit lucky. It. No. I think on Marshall, I actually thought I was quite impressed with him. I know he didn't have too many saves to make, but his you could tell like his presence at the back, the experience was showing, and he was quite canny with the distribution. You know, he kind of suckered a couple of West Brom players when he tried to like dummy throw it one way. They all went one way, and then he passed it off and started some moves. You know, he did what he had to do. I thought he was, he was you know, he looks like he's an upgrade on Archer. So I think while Dieng's not here, I think we're pretty sorted in goal. Um, obviously, it was Warburton's 50th win as QPR manager, which is a nice m- round milestone to get to. And, you know, again, it's a, it's another late goal for QPR. That takes takes our tally to 12 points one, thanks to goals in the final 10 minutes of games, which is by far and away the best of any championship team. So we really are, you know, the, the character in the squad. I know there's the other stat about points one from winning positions, but right now we seem to be grinding wins out and... We go on right to the end and, you know, credit to the team and their fitness and the substitutions. You know, Austin comes on and scores. So, great yeah, to see. A bit of bloke, really good at Austin. No, and you, you love to see it. Charlie Austin in the loft end, last minute winner. And the, the way they all celebrated together was fantastic. You know, it was a real special moment. I thought that goal. And you can, I bet you can imagine West Brom as well, fans in the pub saying, I bet Austin gets a last minute goal. Do you know, I was walking back from, um, you know, just up there, you know, on the way to White City Station. Yeah. And um, I was saying to my dad, oh, I bet the West Brom fans are not happy with Ishmael, the way they're playing. And there was a bunch of, I didn't know, but there's a bunch of West Brom fans in front of me. Turned around and went, no, we're not effing happy with him. It's useless. <laughs> <laughs> and it had to be Austin, didn't it? And I had my face mask on at the time. And I was laughing behind it, thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, typical, isn't it? Former player comes back to Orton. Normally happens to us, doesn't it? But it was Willick as well who crossed it in. He used to play for West Brom as well. It was like a double whammy. It was like an assist and a, <laughs> and a goal from former players. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, 
Brad, what was your any views about the game? Well, just you know, the same as what Duncan Jack said, really. I couldn't sum it up better than what Jack just said then. But I mean it's the same old QBR, isn't it? We started we start slow, but you know, we just grind it out, we get results and the team we've got there, the morale and you know, the manager, just everything's looking good at the club at the minute and the way things are going, I really do think we can push for second. Why don't we ever start well? It's a good point, Brad. I know you make it often. We, we don't, well, not recently anyway, we just don't ever come out the blocks. It takes us a while to get going. But once we get going, you know, we're excellent and we're solid. But in the time that it takes us to do that, we look like we're going to concede every attack. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we look like we're going to see, we don't create a lot. And then just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we just pick up the pace and go up a couple of gears and, and normally end up winning. I just wonder what anyone's views were on that. Trying to, maybe trying to work the team out. I don't know. You know, we, we, it takes us 10 minutes to figure them out and what, what they're going to come out with, what, you know, play they're going to play, what how they're going to press. You know, there's a number of things really, in it? Because our second half stats are really, really good, aren't they? We're like the best, like second best second half performance, but first half, it's, it's not as good. Um, I just wondered if, why that is and if there's anything in it or it's interesting. No, I think Brad's right there. I think maybe like Warb sets the team out to just kind of let's see what the other team are going to do. And like, obviously, like, what was it? Um, was it the Coventry game when we were losing and he made subs in the first half at the start of the season? Was it Coventry or Barnsley? One of those games? It's oh. Barnsley, wasn't it? Yeah. And he took Dizel off and stuff because it wasn't working. So he obviously was, maybe he does that now, kind of tries to do that now, like manage the game in the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes, see what's happening. Can he then make a change with the personnel on the pitch or like tactics that way? And then, or at half, he waits till half time and then literally goes, like, lads, we're not doing this, we need to do this. I don't know, it's, um, it's, it's a strange one that we do always start slowly, even at, like, especially at home. Like, we don't really come out the box at home and go for a team. No, I don't know if it's tactical or, or it's just that the character of the team is just sort of that way inclined that they, you know, Maybe they reserved their energy, maybe, or I'm not sure. But um, but it's just something I've noticed. We never really just come flying out the blocks. You know what I mean? The crowd's up for the first 10 minutes. We're like, yes, come on. We don't don't tend to do that, do we? Well, for me, I don't know if it it would be a tactical decision because surely from the start of any football game, you say, right, let's make that first tackle count. Let's go at them. You know, let's show them what we're all about. You know, they're they're, they're coming to us. We're at home. We've got the fans here. Let's go for it. But... I wouldn't. I don't know. It's one of them, isn't it? Like say, it's, it's working, whatever, whatever it is. So, yeah, I saw. Um, I saw Geordie did did um, did, had forty five minutes in the other twenty three, which is great to see. I'm still sceptical about his um, injury proneness. Is that even a word? I don't know, but it, you know. <laughs> so, I'm. I'm. I just wonder whether we will still buy a centre back. Even though he is coming back, and but bearing in mind his injury history, I don't know whether that will stop us or whether the need to buy centre back is, is as much as it was. We've got Masterson still there as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, quite, it seems quite set on um, sending Masterson out on loan, doesn't he? So yeah. if it does mean that we've only got Device to step in, I mean, does Warburton trust his injury proneness? As you say, I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't think he. He does clearly if he's so. Was it Harley Dean? I think we were linked with mm. him as well at one point. There was a couple of Fulham boys, um, but you know, Device is someone that when he plays, he's, he's really effective. He, he's impressed when he plays. Um, 
you know, I mean, you asked me to look at some device device stats and, um, mm. you know, since, since his debut, QPR, you know, when device plays in the championship, we've won 48% of the 21 games. But when he's, we, when he's not played, we've won 67% of the games when he's not played, which is 18 games. So it's quite an even sample size. So our win percentage and our points per game, our goals against, they're all better when he doesn't play. Whether that is a reflection on him, I don't think it is, but I think it shows that we've adjusted to life with Jimmy Dunn in the middle. And sometimes with those combinations, it's about the combination, not the individual. But in, if you look at their stats individually, Device is pretty much top of the three, of the four centre-backs, of the tackles, interceptions, blocks. He's, he's the best performer this season. So it's difficult, isn't it? Do you put the statistically the best individual in or do you keep the combination? You know, for me, keep keep the combination. How about I you guys? I can't change the combination really. And I've, I think Dunn's been superb. And I said it last last time on the pod, but Dunn has come on massively and he's just, he doesn't miss a header. And I think him and Dickie, you know, I've got a lot of, I read a lot of things that people are saying about Dickie now about, you know, he's slowed the pace a little bit. But, you know, I think Dickie and Dunn are working. And for me, why would you change it? And the device, yeah, he, you know, he's proven, like you say, on his stats. But it's just injury, isn't it? We can't rely on someone like that if, if we're going to be looking for automatic promotion. I'm not surprised with that, actually, that Jordy, I, I didn't think he was going to be a top on all of them. But I thought that we'd be surprised that he was that he is as effective as a defender because he's a bit like that, isn't he? He's like just a defender. He literally put his body in the way, win his head, his inception. I guess, does he offer as much going forward as a Dickie or a Barbe driving forward or Barbe's passing ability? And is he as good as in the air as Dunn? I'm not sure. Um, Statistically, Dunn is like a freak compared to the other guys <laughs> when it comes to winning headers. Like, I'm not surprised, man. Like, I, 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 did, I was pulling up the, like, the aerial duels one, so like the headers one, and Dunn is on like 5.5 per 90. The others aren't above like three and a half. Like he just he's winning so many of those battles in the year. I think you can't you can't take him out. I think he has to stay in. He's got he he, he is that hard, you know, head it, kick it, centre back, but he's also cultured on the ball. I mean, and you know, the way he's developing, God, he's looking special. So I wouldn't take him out. But for, for me with Dunn though, I thought what well, you know, even after the game, I know he's on his performance has been brilliant, but I just wanted to say, but he's um off the pitch, he he just looks like. Did you see his attitude when we won, and how what he goes up to players like, and he he gives them a proper hug, and he's jumping about like it means more to him, you know. And that's what we've lacked at this club for a long time. And like we said going, at the start, going back to that West Brom um, game, one thing that happened that I thought galvanised, especially our centre backs, because that Dyke came on, didn't he? And he was causing those problems, big problems. Um, and then he did that thing on Barbe, which I can't believe he didn't get a yellow for, but I'm not sure if it was a red. But anyway, I felt like that galvanised the whole team, especially the defenders, to get on him and get tight on him and make sure he doesn't get any time to spend. I just saw a different way of defending against him after that. It was only for like 12, 13, 14 minutes after. But I just thought that that happening actually did us a favour. because so I thought that the whole team gave everyone a bit of a lift. don't know if anyone else noticed that. Yeah, no, like it was quite obvious because when uh, DK came on, I was thinking, oh, no, here we go. Like, this could be trouble. And literally, he won the, the very first, like, header he went for yeah. against her, and he won. And that was with a flick on that then Barbie had to make the challenge on the edge of the box. And I was thinking, oh, no, we could be in trouble here. 
And then it was almost like after that, like Duncan kind of went, okay, you've had that one. I know what I'm up against now. So he started to get a bit more closer to him. And then, but like you said, after the Barbie incident, literally Jimmy Dunn gave him a bit of a, bit of a, not a late kick as such, but he made sure he followed through when he cleared the ball. Yeah. And, and then pretty much after that, DK kind of was like, okay, like they're not going to take any answers off me now. But what I did find surprising, for me, out of our three centre-backs, Dickie's not the most physical. And I would have thought that um, DK would have gone to him because he probably could have got a bit more off him. But he didn't. He stayed on the, with, um, on the towards the left where Barbe and like Jimmy Dunn were. I found that a little bit strange because we all know that as good as um, Dickie is on the ball, his physicality is not like a proper big, mean, tough centre-back. He's not going to be up for the fight as much as the other two are. I think he just left pace. Didn't he? Oh, I've got a, we got a tweet in earlier to the podcast from someone called Nigel saying, "Do you think Dicky is overrated?" Question mark. Um, it's a tough I'll, one. I just wonder what anyone's views were on it. I don't agree with it personally. I've, I just think that, I think he was he was so good at the start of this when he you know last season yet he was so good that he hasn't reached those levels. But I still think. He's a good. I still think he's got a lot to learn. I think sometimes his um, his lack of concentration sometimes lets him down. He takes that extra touch sometimes when he doesn't need to. Um, And you're right. You're right. He isn't as physical as you think he would be, and he's not as quick as he looks. So I I sort of get that, but I still think he's a really effective championship defender. Anyone else's views are? Yeah, I mean, I I think he's he's still learning, isn't he? But, you know, it's such a good first season. He started off really well this season, thought he was going to get 20 goals this season. (laughs) And then he has a bit, he he had a dip, the Bournemouth game, but that mistake affected him, I thought, for a little while. But he, you know, he's still effective. He's a very effective defender. um, And I agree, he lacks a bit of pace. And I think, was it Mowbray last season, Blackburn, they sort of, he, he he remarked about it in the press conference, which I thought was a bit, you don't often see that. Uh, a specific weakness but no I think he, he is a he's a player that could play Premier League it has to be the right team because I don't see him I see him get caught out a bit with his lack of pace but he's the best I think of our centre-backs at bringing the ball forward and I think he's the best at carrying the ball and starting attacks I want to see him do that a little bit more he did that a lot last season I haven't seen him do it as much this year but I think he's very good when he does that and he's he starts attacks and he, he can cross a good ball as well from that sort of you know, far uh, wide position on the right, but no, I wouldn't say he's overrated. <laughs> I think there's more to come. And even with oh. I, but I think my thoughts on him are, you know, he's, he's not as consistent as we, you know, we know he can be, Dicky. And I think sometimes our expectations are very high, a bit like when we've lost him a little bit. But I think, like you said, he's learning. Um, you know, he, I, I feel when me and Dunk watched that game, I can't remember it was. Few few games ago, Dunk, we said he was down that right when KK was play Kakai was playing. He was getting demolished when he? he had two players Sunderland, on him. Sunderland. Yeah. He had two players on him every time. He just looked knackered by 30 minutes. He was knackered. And the fans were giving him a bit of a hard time then. And you just think, you know, that look what he's done for us at the club. Again, like going back to that game, they were hitting long balls to their like massive striker, too dicky. And he was literally winning, beating Dickie pretty much in the air every time. So I think it kind of goes back to that, doesn't it? Like, there are, I think, as much as he's a really good centre-back at this level, I think certain teams sometimes try and, like, use him as a weakness. And I think it's up to us to then try and make sure that we then 
Havard, whoever's playing right wing back, covering enough to give him that a bit more support, a bit more protection, which I don't think is always what happens. But another thing I found was the, um, the EFL stats team of the week. Dicky was in it above Dan Barbe from the weekend. So, mad, I, it? Which is mad because for me watching the game, I wouldn't. I would have said it was like um, Dan and Barbe were both immense, and then Dicky didn't have a bad game, but I didn't think he was as good as they were. But obviously, for whatever stats they look at, he obviously was the one who obviously picked, got the most points put off of the match for whatever statistics they look at. He's media driven. The media love him, don't they? He's very much media. If you see it on social media, he's he's very highly rated, isn't he? Um, across across those platforms. So I think that helps him a little bit. But talking about Barbe, I mean, this last what month, two months, he's, I feel like he's gone to another level. He's just he's 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 he's. He can sometimes give the ball away at times, which can be frustrating. But I think that's just him. I think he's been told to do that to try and try and get, get it started, get moves started, drill the balls into Cher and Willock and, 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 the, and the strikers. And sometimes he gets it wrong. But I think that's more him being told to do that. Um, but from a defensive perspective, I mean, that tackle, him having staples in his head on the side of the pitch, like the, the whole bandage and blood thing was just like, it's just mad, isn't it? Um, and, yeah. But, uh, yeah. But it's weird isn't it, with Barbie because he is so consistent without ever really being outstanding sometimes. Like, he's always seems to be that kind of player who gets like a seven. But then obviously against West Brom, with like having the injury happened and then coming back the way he did, literally just, he's, like you said, he's taken up another level recently. Do you think he's playing for a contract? Because obviously he's out of contract in the summer. I mean, yeah, I think he's playing for a contract, but I think it should he should get one at QPR. I mean, <laughs> I don't think there's any QPR fan that would say, no, nah, we'll let him go. I, I'd have him, even if we got promoted, I would yeah. still be trying to offer him yeah. time down because... He's not that old, was he? Like 28, 27, 28? Yeah. Um, there's still more, to, I mean, you know, you could get better. I mean, I mean, his QPR stats, he, he tweeted that he's played in each of QPR's last 86 league games and he's had various like injuries, like a year and a half's worth of like league football, a centre back not to get suspended or like injured to the point where he can't play. It's crazy. But he's yeah. 28, isn't he? So, yeah. And Dickie is just turned, about to turn 26, which is weird. Not weird, but it feels like they should be, their age gap should be a lot different, more, you know. And Dunn's close as well. Dunn's like 24, 25. Yeah. They're not young, are they? No. You kind of think, well, that could be our, you know, obviously we're a, we are a bit of a selling club, so you'd think maybe one or two of them might get sold. But, you know, we've been pretty good the last few years of getting, other than Brighton, Manning, but, you know, Chair's new deal, Dieng's had a new deal. Trying to keep these players in, we won't mention Hammer Linen's new deal, but um... <laughs> that's why we can't get rid of him. Have you seen? We can't we can't get rid of him because his contract is so long that. Um, but if Barbe's willing to sign, we got to keep. And um, yeah, what about Wallace? I wanted to talk about um, about Wallace. I get. I think our defence, just in general, is just such a, a positive at the moment, isn't it? Like we look solid. Pretty, we look pretty solid. I just think. Our strikers aren't in form. We're missing Cher. Um, you know, and I just feel like our defence is just absolutely solid at the moment. And if you've got a solid defence, you've always got a chance, haven't you, in any game of winning a football match. And and it's just, I just don't want to get any of them injured. <laughs> any of them. No, it's, you, you, six wins in the last eight. We're on form. You want to keep everyone you know, fit and healthy. And you just think, 
I thought, can we, if we, if, you know, if we can keep consistency, we've got a chance, haven't we? But I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm skeptical about signing that, that extra centre back because I don't know how you fit them in with the vice also waiting to come in. That's, uh, yeah. With five, with three centre backs, you should really have five centre backs, like, shouldn't you really? But mm-hmm. you're right. How do you, because Wallace can fit, can fill in at centre back as well. Carly left side, the left side where Barbie is, he can fill in if needed as well. So, Hakai's played there as well. Yeah. I don't know if you'd want to put him there. But <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, we're just talking about your mate Wallace, about how how good he is and how well we do whenever he plays. And I think more, it's, it's just as much off the pitch or his leadership, it seems, as much as it is what he does on the pitch. I think his experience. I called really it, didn't I? I called it on one of the pods. I said, he's going to be our dark horse. And you both laughed, but he's been brilliant, <laughs> isn't he? You know? I think he, his experience he brings to us is just phenomenal. And he's just, I, I'd start Wallace week in, week out, you know, until he gets injured. Why not? He's been superb. McCallum's back fit soon, isn't he, in the next few weeks, he's, um Orb said. Um, so Moses is back now. So all these like positions that we need to fill in maybe in January, we maybe necessarily don't. So I just wonder whether, uh, how quiet we've been so far is to do with the fact that everyone's coming back from injury. KK's just been knocked out of the African combination, so he's coming back. Um but I still think we miss it we're missing like a number 10 or someone or someone in the round that, that can push Willick and share. Um but I'm not too sure whether we'll do much business. Yeah I think they're definitely trying to assess aren't they the lay of the land come yeah. how it was going to go. I mean I did they expect to win the games without chair and DM. I mean, it's been a bonus, but I, I mean, there's paper rumors in there like Jamie Patterson. You see his name floated about. He's full out. Love him. I'd one. love it if we could get him. Really clever player. If we get him. He'd be brilliant. That Sanderson as well. Yeah, yeah he's really good. Here. But like Sanderson's not going to come want to sit on our bench, is he? Yeah. He's just played all season for Birmingham, so he's not going to want to then go and sit on the bench. Yeah, but he's not going to want to go to Birmingham, be a, not in a relegation scrap, but losing every other week, most weeks. He's going to surely he'd want to be in around a dressing room that's winning, and, and it challenges him to try and get into the team, doesn't it? I don't know. I, I don't know. But I see your point. You're not going to want to come and sit on a bench, are you, in the championship? I've got a question I wanted to ask. I, you know, I'm a, I was thinking our team now, our squad. How much would you say our team is worth in in assets? When these players, you know, if we don't go up or if we if we stick to mid-table next season, if they do go, but, you know, because you've got your Senny and your chair, Dickies, your Duns possibly, you know, I, I don't think they're all going to go, but what do you think our squad's worth in assets? Because I think the, the club has done brilliant, haven't they? The players they've brought in and the morale we've got there at the moment, but, you know, it almost seems too good to be true at some stage. Someone's going to go to that. I think, I think that if we don't go up, then one of them will be sold, at least, I would imagine. I don't know which one. You've got Dykes as well in there, who, who, Dykes, yeah. who's worth quite a bit. But we've got quite a lot of assets, which is really good, and something that we've not had. And something that clubs like Bristol City and, and, and other stuff that are struggling are really... They haven't got any... I heard the Bristol City chairman say they haven't got any assets to sell that could bridge the gap that would you know, stop them from being in financial trouble. So it's really good, but I'd, I think Chair's the one, isn't he, for, for me, that's the biggest asset that will probably demand the most money. Um, just the type of player that he is, an attacking player. Um, 
or Willick? No, Willick, no. I think Willick. I think Willick will be. I, just, I think at this position in the summer it might change, and I could be saying it could be Willick. But I just think Chair, and I even think Chair would bring in the sort of abroad someone from abroad as well. I can see him moving across Europe somewhere. I don't know if that opens up his value or not. But and I'm, I think I think like I think you mentioned. I think a Premier club's going to take a risk on Dicky in the summer if we don't go up. I can see, or at least try and with a couple of bids. Um, yeah. But I think Chair's the one that, that, that is the greatest asset, personally. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say how much, like, each each player is worth. Is But, you know, you'd think Chair, I think I agree with you, Chair would be the one who's been the most consistent the last couple of seasons and therefore is probably ready to make the, the step up if a Premier League club would come in. I don't know if you'd get as much as him as you did for Eze. Um, that we did. I don't know. I don't know what chairs market price would I put be. A, I, I did put a little chart where I thought players are worth. <clears throat> you know, I was just on my break. Yeah. I thought chair. I think ten million. I wouldn't take anything less than ten million for chair. It's like you started. Dykes five to seven. Ooh, it's quite low. I think it's quite low. Yeah. Really, but... I'm the opposite. I'm the complete opposite, Jack. Like. I'm like, I would, I would sell him for a packet of peanuts. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. But if <laughs> someone come in with £4.9 million bid, right, I, I would be like, that is a lot of money. Sell him. That, was, that, that would be my view. <laughs> but you're saying that he should be worth more. I, I think in the, in the, even with the COVID like era, I think in the current market, a, a tick, like this month, could you see a Burnley with the money from Wood in the bank going, it is eight million for Dykes, and we say no ten. They go okay, and then we sell them for ten. You, yeah. you would snap your hands off for that, wouldn't you? I, I I do appreciate that five to seven is probably more realistic, but I think you'd try and push for double figures. Like I would, I would have thought like ten million plus. But whether anyone wants to pay that for Dykes at the moment, I mean, he's only got seven goals this season, so I don't know. I don't think we'd get that for him. But I think Willock, if Willock gets the double figures for goals and assists, and he's getting there, um, eight million I put for Willock. Yeah, I think that's low as well for Willock because I think Willock's the one that could be worth the most. I think he's got the highest ceiling in terms of ability and how you could translate to the Premier League. He's got that pace as well. And, I, and, I, and you know, I think physicality, he's got a bit more possibly than chair. So I don't know. I think Willock's the one where I think we get the most money, potentially. That's just my opinion, but who knows? What would you be putting on Dickie and Deanne Dunk? I think like the problem with um, Senny is goalkeepers, especially from the championship, won't go for big money. Like when was the last time a goalie went for more than say ten million from the champ from a championship team? Like we've got Ramsdale, but I mean he was Premier League, wasn't he? That's I mean he's been in the Premier League. That's the thing, isn't it? Like he's experienced in the, up there. So and he's English, so Ramsdale, he's always going to be a bit more expensive. Senny because he's Senegalese. Like I reckon anything between five to ten million. Like, if we somehow got 10 million for him, we take that easily. But I think as a goalie of his standard, it's like five, 7.5 mil, that kind of area for him. I think it's spot on. Hopefully, we don't lose any of them. But, you know. Yeah. Well, I think the reality is, is if we don't go up this summer, then at least one will have, probably just from a financial perspective at the club, will probably have to move on. And then who that is, I guess. Yeah, I guess someone's worth however much they always say it. They however much someone wants to pay. If someone's mm. desperate for a player, they'll pay more than yeah. you know what I mean. That he's probably worth. Um, but do you think yeah. that's why we are? Do you think that's why we are? Obviously, we're doing well because the team's got great spirit in that at the moment. But do you think we're doing 
the players are playing well because they know, like you know, you've got your Willets, your chairs, your Dickies. They're thinking to themselves. They're talking. We're, you know, we're Premier League. You know, if we if we prove this season or whatever, maybe mid next season, we can. We're Premier League players. You know, they must be thinking that. That's what's getting their performances. I don't know. It crossed my mind thinking of that. Possibly, mate. Yeah, I mean, you know, players, players will because we're on telly more as well, so they're 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 out there being seen more, aren't they? They're getting more. Like our players at the moment are getting a lot of media attention, aren't they? Um, and that'll that'll be helping drive up their, especially their value and their interest. Like you know, being going to Senegal international, share international. I don't know if that adds a couple of noughts on as well, or at least a note on yeah. maybe. I don't know. Was chair substituted the other night from injury mm. or tactical? They're saying tactical, aren't they? Look tactical. That, yeah, yeah that, that's not good for his value, is it? Coming off after half an hour. No. Yeah, that's good for us, though, because we can keep him for another year, which makes me happy. I'd love him to stay. <laughs> his height is always an issue, isn't it? I still think the Premier League is... He, he, I mean, he's come on leaps and bounds. He's brilliant and he's been, you know, excellent. I don't want him to leave, but I just wonder whether his stature is going to... Because he's not like a David Silver, is he? You know, like that. He's got like that. He's like that, but he's not that type of player, is he? That sort of, I don't know. Uh, it's a tricky one, isn't it? He has the ability, but it's like you said, it's the physicality of a Premier League. He doesn't like it's whether or not he gets into a team where he'll be playing in that kind of pocket, like a number 10, where he will have the little pockets of space to drop into to get the ball. If he's not being played there, if he's playing out wide against like a quite athletic fullback, he could struggle in the Premier League. So I think it depends on what team, what style of play and where they play in. What, what about this? Adele Trapp's transfer listed at Benfica. Would <laughs> you take him back on loan? Yes or no? My my answer, right, and I've thought about this, but I'd say no because the morale and everything that the team has got at the moment, we don't need a player like that. I mean, you know, no disrespect to him. He, he's phenomenal at us, but his attitude, has it got better? I don't know. What about you, Jack? Well, I think we've got so many left-footed centre mids. We could do a couple more right-footed ones, couldn't we? So why not? Why not get in? <laughs> I know. I'm like that. I'm like the whole why not? Why not? Is in my head probably like why not? Like why could we not do it? Like I agree. I, I think it might. I, 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 he's the best player I've ever seen at Loftus Road, like in my time and going. So, I, you know, there's a nostalgia thing to it. it could be. It, I, you know, are we even? You know, is it even possible we can dream, can't you? But I don't I agree. I don't know how you would it would it affect the team. You know, does it affect the spirit in a negative way? Does he? Who does he replace? So many questions that come with it. But yeah, I, I would say no. But, that's but even me. if he did come, he wouldn't get the old what Warnock. You know, play around to rap. Mark Warburton would say, you know, he just put him in. If he played shit, he'll take him out, wouldn't he? Yeah, he's not a Warburton player, I don't think. No. no. I mean, as much as we'd all love him back, just in nostalgia, I kind of agree. And I think I'd love him back, but it's just kind of, I think he would upset the apple cart. And I think it's a player we don't, des- we're not desperately in need of in that area. If he was yeah. still in the 10, you could say, okay, we need yeah. another 10, but because he's an eight, he plays deep line, centre mid now. That's it. How do you feel? I'm hoping he's he's a bit older now. Maybe he's he's calmed down. He's a bit more mature. He's not going to be such a bad influence in the dressing room, but he's not going to be the trap that I remember. And I'd like to, to keep the memories. Himself. 
Yeah, I'd like to try the memories of watching him week in, week out in the Championship destroying defenders and scoring worldies. I don't want to come and watch him be like just a quarterback just trying to play passes and then just not doing any nutmegs or anything, not taking anybody on. I can't watch him do that. We boo him. <laughs> no, I wouldn't boo him. <laughs> um, I think we all agree there. Probably, we'd all love it, but probably from if if our heads were on it, we probably wouldn't want him back. What Have you seen, um, you've seen, I made me laugh earlier, seeing Fulham's away support away at Stoke. That's got a lot of, lot of social media um, press in it. And it is a bit odd though, isn't it? 800, top of the league. They've scored like 40 goals in like, Four games or something stupid like that. Five games, and they can only take eight hundred, eight, eight hundred. Such a strange club. I just don't understand it. I, I really yeah. don't. Like, you could understand if it's like a Tuesday night, Wednesday night kind of game, midweek game up to Stoke. It's not the best, is it? But Saturday afternoon, like you're top of the league, you're flying. Just it might be because we're taking four thousand to Coventry the same day that it seems worse. It seems even worse. <laughs> I think maybe. <laughs> Uh, um, I, I think with Fulham, like if if it was keep like Fulham six plus goals in three consecutive league games, a second a second division team's not done that since the fifties, like Everton. So it's like if that was QPR, I think you could sell to, you know as many allocations as you'd want. You get yeah. thousands of QPR fans going to that. I don't know. Maybe it's just a reflection of the type of supporters they have. Who knows? But I'm a bit worried about what how much is being made about how many fans we're taking to. Coventry because the last away game where we took nearly 4,000 we lost didn't we to Peterborough oh, we were there yeah. we were there it was yeah been scarred for life that. We, were, we scored from a corner and that was literally all we did <laughs> for the whole game lads I've got a topic for us I shall all go away and think about this week which I was really interested in is kits home and away your favourite kits now I think that when you look when you think about kits we all agree that the 80s kits uh, are Amazing, aren't they? I think we'd all pick them, um, you know, in, in our picks. But I'm thinking more, maybe since a bit more recent, maybe the ones that we're associated when we go watch the games, etc. Um, so, who wants to start? I'll, I'll start if you if you want. Um, I think I'll just give you my favourite home shirt. Um, I think it's the the clubhouse uh, mid nineties era. So it's compacts to sponsor in the middle in big red writing, nice hoops, nice oh. thick hoops. Uh, clubhouse was the, the manufacturer, 94, 95. All I see is like Les Ferdinand, you know, Andy MP, them sort of players wearing it. It's quite a baggy shirt as well. Um, and I think my, my dad had one and I used to just uh, wear it to death um, over the years as I was growing up. So yeah, that one, I think it's my favorite one. And I looked into, um, Obviously, a stat because you know that's just how it is with me. Um, go from our, all the you know, we've had kits since going from the Adidas ones all the way through to area. The clubhouse was our most successful in terms of win percentage in league games. We won more games under the clubhouse, you know, percentage wise than we did any other. And Knight was our worst one that horrible thin hoop kit. Oh, that was awful, wasn't it? Don't what about you, mate? All right, so for my first, my favourite um, home shirt, I had to go for the classic, didn't I, lads? I had to go for the 85-86 Guinness-Adidas combo. You just can't get anything better than that, lads, for me. I know it was slightly before my time. Literally, I was born a couple of years later. But literally, uh, 
that's for me that's the best one especially with a little bit of red trim around the collar and stuff or just looks banging oh, to be honest i've got even, even though i was born in 95 i've gone for the guinness 83 84 kit i, I just don't think you're getting much better than that just, and that's original as well guinness are just just a great kit our kit in the 80s was just spot on. But don't get me wrong, I think the kit we've got this season is is doing a bit of bits for me, you know. They've got that. It's nice. I agree. I think it's a lovely shirt, that, that latest home shirt. And even the black away one. I mean, that's, that's really smart. But, uh, yeah. What for me, right, the Binitone ones, you've got them behind you, Jack. I don't know why. They, I, I always think of, like, Bircham. That's that's the person that comes to mind with those. And Furlong. Padula. Yeah, Padula, yeah. That one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, they, one time, that one year, they were like silk. They were like a silk. They were like a silk, weren't they? Silk material. So, um, yeah, I've got, that, it's either the Binatone ones or, do you remember the Eric, Ericsson? I don't know if you remember the Ericsson yeah, one. I was, yeah. I was just yeah. about to get that out, Ben. You know, look, I was about to get on the podcast. Man. That's it, yeah. I had your one on, look. We're gonna have to tweet, tweet that out, mate. We'll have to get Ben to tweet that out. Who's that? Is that you, Brad? That's me in your, in your kit and your, and your shin pads. Look at that haircut, mate. <laughs> I, I, I like that. I, I like that. I had the long sleeve one as well. I had them both. I don't know why. It was, it was all the sleeve was all blue. Um, and it, yeah, it was Ericsson, and it had a collar. I like that. I like them too. Um, what about is it is it is a controversial one when I when I was thinking about it? What about the one, the Air Asia one, right? Where the kits they were real thin hoops. No. Oh, no. Hey, you, you, you've made a mistake there. You don't like it. I think like Bobby Zamora wearing it. That's who I think about with that kit. Um, and it's got like real thin Air Asia. I don't know why. That's the Nike one. That That's was the Nike kit. 2014-15. That was the Nike yeah. kit, yeah. Yeah. That, that was the year. That was the year they'd done the third kit. Is all white, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, all white. Yeah, that, that, and the way was the, the was the red and black, but it was stripes, not hoops. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it went up. Yeah, it was stripes. Yeah, went up, and yeah. And black. Weird. Didn't like. Yeah, not a fan of it. What about? Do you remember the JD Sports ones? JD Sports. Do you remember them ones? They were. They had the white sleeves and and. They had real, real thick hoops, yeah. Real yeah. thick hoops. They had a big collar, didn't they? Um, yeah. Badge in the middle. Yeah. What about yeah. away shirts? What what sort of ones stand out for you? I've gone. I've gone right. 2019 to 20, the baby blue and gold one. For, for me, I don't know why. I just I just like that kit. My boy's got it. Well, that's your favourite away kit. That's up there. I like it. It's, I don't know, it's growing on me that kit. Oh, no, no, that's fair. Your choice is everyone's individual. See, if I've gone for the 96, 97 Ericsson red kit, love that shirt. You know, the, the view form, the view form, pure red Ericsson by Ericsson sponsor. I thought you were going to say something like the green or black one. Remember that green and black one we had? Um, one yeah, I like that one. It's all red. It's all red, you know, pure red, yeah. Or, or, or the orange one. Brad used to have the orange one. Do you remember the Air Asia? When we first got promoted, hey. we had a we had an Air Asia. It was orange. It had like a little blue. Don't pretend blue it was Brad. It was yours. I know. I know. It was terrible. awful. It clashed with my beard. That was terrible. It looked ridiculous. Do, do, 
What I do you know what one crossed my mind as well? I love the Ericsson ones. So the, like the one that you said, Doug, the red one. Also, do you remember the yellow one? There was a yellow one with like a black, yeah, a, a black the stripe. Already, yeah, the black, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, oh. the Cox Motif one. Yeah, I used to love that one. The yellow Ericsson one, though, that was a third, wasn't it? That was a third. Yeah, yeah. that because then you got that uh, black and is it greyish one with a blue around it. In 01, it, yeah, remember that yeah, one? Yeah, that one. Yeah, I do remember. I used to have that one. I'll tell you what was a, a one I thought was quite a nice one. It's, it is a view from one, but it was the year before. Um, the, it was that kind of navy bluey grey color with the, the pinstripe, like the really thin stripes in it. Um, the badge in the middle, compact, yeah, compact one. Yeah, so yeah, I had the home shirt from that year as my second favorite home shirt because I love the QPR bit underneath the hoops and stuff. Yeah, quite flashy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we got relegated, so I don't know. It's not the best thing. <laughs> it's a nice kit, but it just brings back bad memories. I like the, um, the it's a 70s one, but you know the, uh, it's like the old Feyenoord one, is it? Um, it's like half and half, a red and white half. Um, yeah. yeah. That's a beautiful shirt. What's your best third kit? I like that. The compact one, it's got to be. You know, the dark blue one, it's come back into fashion a little bit. They had it in the club shop recently. I don't know, it was a compact one. It was like um, like navy and it had view. White, little tiny white. Yeah, little tiny white, little lines across. I really like that one. I, I like think that I one, keep... you know, the white and red one. It's quite previous. That one you got done. Oh, what, the um, commemorative one that we yeah. wore? The, yeah. Yeah, from, um, yeah, it was last season's one, wasn't it? Yeah, that, that, that white and red one, yeah. What about the pink one? Nice, what we think? What we said about the pink one? Uh, not for me, that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, it's one of those, isn't it? Like, I'm not going like if people want to wear the pink shirt, it's up to them. But it's just, I don't know, doesn't do anything for me. What about the 140th one we wore against West Brom, recent recent one? I wasn't a fan. I wasn't the one of the people flocking to get it when it came out. I've got to be honest. Um, it just reminds me of Wickham too much and I don't know I always think if you wear it around no one's going to know what you're that you, it's a QPR shirt but I suppose that's all the away kits are kind of yeah. like that a little bit aren't they but I just I actually it looked better on when I was watching watching when I was watching it it looks better than I thought it would but still not something that I would go out and buy I like it I think it's nice yeah. but for me anniversary uh, style I'd go the green and white hoops remember the green and white they, in yeah Roland's is it Rowlands and uh, reminds me of? No, but yeah, but it was 2017 to 18, wasn't it? Oh, you're all about the, you're all about the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, we had that green. There was a green and white one in our promotion season, I think. In the, yeah, in, um, in, in it was. Yeah, yes, yeah, so we had a green and white one in 0304 got promoted yeah. then, and 1011 were under under Warnock. We had to yeah. get green and white one. Yeah, in there. so so maybe that's the that. Yeah, maybe we need to get another one of those. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie, in the, um, the playoff final season, I did have the green and yellow away um, third kit. Oh, the um, Caterham colours. Is that what it was? His yeah. Formula One thing. <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad shirt, to be honest, but I just think I didn't like the, I didn't like the um, thick hoops on the home shirt that year, so I went for the third kit. Do you remember the 2011 to 12 when we had the? It was a third kit, but it was the, it was like red, 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 white, white. Yeah. Do you know that reminds me of falling? I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it does, doesn't it? Yeah, I agree. 
you always associate a, search, uh, a shirt with a player, don't you? Whenever you're thinking back to it, you always think that reminds you of someone. Um, all right, lads. Well, let's before we let's let's wrap this up. But before we do, let's talk about Coventry and what we're expecting. Are we expecting the same sort of team? Any changes? Um, um, I think we'll go as you know. I think he like if a team's settled, I think he'll go with the same team. Um, I think it'll be Willett behind two strikers, um, probably Dykes and Gray again. Um, I think if Doma and Wallace are fit, they have to start two of the key men right now. They give a lot of balance to the team. Won four of our last five games against Coventry, but we did lose this game last season, didn't we? On um, was it a lot like from a corner, wasn't it? A set piece goal. McFancine or something like that. I mean, weirdly enough, this year we've conceded the fewest set piece goals in the championship. So there's been a quite a turnaround there. So we can, you know, keep it tight like we have been away from home. I could see us getting something. That's mad, that Jack, isn't it? That's that with the best set pieces, considering where we were very recently. Uh, we looked like we were going to concede out every set piece historically, but we've we really, we really tightened up on that this, this season, haven't we? Sir Jimmy Dunn. <laughs> Um, is anyone else a little bit worried about with Coventry? They've just got Bidwell, and you just know for a fact either Todd Kane's going to swing a last minute crossing and Bidwell's going to be back post, or Bidwell's going to swing a crossing and Todd Kane's going to be back post. And literally, like Todd Kane's going to come up to the away fans, oh, you're doing the give it the big oh, one in front mate. of all 4,000 of everyone going. Just, I've just got Peterborough vibes all over again, a massive away following, and I just think we're going to bottle it. Oh, oh. I hope we don't, but I just got that horrible feeling that Todd Kane's going to swing across him and it's just going to get caught in the wind and go top corner. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think you'll, you'll play same team. And I think I think we'll win 2-1. And I think I, I hope we're going to win 2-1 because I'll be there, you know, from what I remember from leaving at half seven in the morning, getting up there at 10. <laughs> so, oh, well, no. about three o'clock, I don't even know if I'll be standing, but I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely unnecessary to leave at that time, but definitely necessary. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Nowhere's going to be open. It's one of those, is the shot of Jaeger at half seven on the train worth it? No. What are we saying there? What, what, what score predictions are we saying? 2-1. Um, I think we'll win 1-0. Don't... There's... As much as I'm worried about the Bidwell Todd Kane situation, I'm going to go for a 3 0 win for us. Ooh, I think we're going to turn up. So I think you're going to have a lovely day out, boys, and they're going to do the job for us. Okay, good side, aren't they? I reckon 2 2. two. I don't know why. I reckon some, one team's going to score a 90th minute goal. It just always happens, doesn't it? it? Seems to happen recently. Late, late goals just keep seeing, keep happening. Um, a quick mention to Albert breaking a record. What legend? If, uh, let me ask you one quick question before we go. If you had to make the choice, right, Tony Fernandez phoned you up and, and said, look, we're going to put a statue of a player outside Loftus Road, right? It's got to be in the last sort of 20 years, a recent one, because we just named Stanley Bowles Stand, so let's do something recent. It's not going to happen, but, you know, hypothetically. Brad, who are you picking? Charlie Austin. Jack? Kevin Gallon for me. Dunk. Dunk. Oof, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because Kevin Gallon's a legend. 
Charlie Austin's a legend. Oh, it's, there's no one else really, but it would be our argument between them two, wouldn't it, really? Unfortunately, I, Ben, I think you're looking for the answer of a domer, and I don't think it even comes close. No, no, he wouldn't, he wouldn't get in mind, if, but I was just... If, if the domer had played all those games for us, then you'd be saying potentially you'd be him, wouldn't it, as a fan? But, yeah. But, no, I think it's... I'm going to go for recency bias and say Austin. Uh, what about Zamora? Which is just a, just his picture of him scoring that goal. You know, you know when he's like leading back and about to score. Well, what about like, that? like a nice mosaic on the wall, you mean, rather yeah. than a statue. Yeah, that I'd love that. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, put that in your stadium. statue's a bit, you know, far stretch, isn't it? I think that's yeah. the problem. Like, if, if Austin hadn't gone away and he'd been with us for ten years, then it's different, isn't it? I think that's the problem. We don't have that kind of flair who's had that sustained period. Of success with us recently. Yeah, fair enough. All right, well, we'll leave it there then. Um, cheers for coming on, boys, and we'll uh, we'll catch up next week and let's hope for a win at the weekend. See you later, lads. Have a good one. See yeah. you later, and you guys. See you later. Just starting to believe a little bit. Well, Hoylet's got the better of Buxton. Puts it into an area. Keo Zamora. Unbelievable. From the very brink of elimination, Bobby Zamora has surely scored another playoff winner. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.